How hard did you push it? Till I black out? Yes. Numerous times, yes. Welcome back, Municipals. This is Chris and Ashton. We are talking the city by the bay, public golf, municipal, all things, everything, San Francisco golf. What's up, Ashton? How you doing this week? Hello, sir. Uh, it's very nice to talk to you. I was uh, joking before we pressed record. I've spent a lot of time kind of sharing you with other people, and uh, I don't like it, man. I mean, I, I kind of I, I miss our one-on-one time. I miss uh, just uh, you know being simpatico with you, which I think simpatico doesn't mean that, but in my mind, it meant just spending time with you. So very happy to be on with you discussing. Uh, I know you are not a resident of San Francisco. I am a resident, but a place that means a lot to both of us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's great to great to be a one on one solo dolo just me and you, you know, getting it in. Uh, I've had some few guests on the last pods. But uh, yeah, we uh, decided that we were going to get into San Francisco municipal public golf. Uh, You know, San Francisco, as most people know, is, uh, is heavy on the private side, I would say most people know San Francisco more about the private tracks that they have, you know, and Cal Cal Club and San Francisco Club and, you know, uh, Lake Merced and, you know, all the all the other, you know, courses around the bay, but I think what's lost in the sauce is kind of, um, you know, the the public options that are in the city i mean you you can speak on it heavily living there you know this your second you know term in the in the city here and just the the public tracks that we that we get the privilege to play on a regular basis is just incredible yeah and i think the other option too that i really appreciate is for how small i mean most of our listeners are likely going to be bay area based but you know, San Francisco is seven miles by seven miles. It's it's not a big area. So to just have even one good golf course is incredible. And we've got a bunch. The other thing I really appreciate, um, it's going to sound like millennial. I've gotten some texts about me being a snowflake. So I'm just going to lean into that. Um, <laughs> that's for my mom, actually. My mom has been enjoying the podcast and, and uh, making jokes about one. She says, I like that Chris guy. I yes, agree. I she's love comments. Yeah, I she's, made com- <laughs> she's made comments about, you know, you enjoying the hot dog, uh, which is, you know, another big thing. Um, but yeah, she loves me calling myself a snowflake. So uh, hate that, but also love that too. Oh, I love but- it. I-, I love Miss Moss for, for that case <laughs> specifically. But going back to me being a snowflake, I like that San Francisco, you can find whatever course fits the vibe you're in, right? The mood that you're in. Like if you want to yeah. go have a you know, what I think is probably the toughest test of golf, go play the Presidio, play the back tees and hiccups. You know, it's going to be a really hard test of golf, especially if you've never played there before. Um, If you want to are going for more of, and I don't mean any sauce on this. I like this. If you want to go play where the pros played and hit Colin Morikawa's drive, uh, there's that at Harding Park, right? Which is if you're a resident, it's going to be a great rate. If you're not, you're going to get crucified. But that's also the way public golf should be. It's like Torrey Pines, right? You're a local, come play. If you're not, we're going to crush you. And, that, and that's okay. That, that, I'm no problems with that model and very much appreciate that last Monday I paid $51 for my tea time at Harding Park. Um, Glen Eagles, you've already talked about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, you know, I, I do have to fact check you. I think on, I listened back to our first pod. I think you said on a Thursday people could lose a half million dollars out there. 
maybe that's true. We need to get those people on to tell those stories. But the point is, it's much more about um, local knowledge, betting, conditions are, mm, they are, they are what they are, but we'll talk about some condition things that they claim in a bit. Uh, and then there's, I know a big fan of uh, many fans in our uh, RGC group love Lincoln. Um, I think Lincoln is very vibey. I don't think Lincoln is the best course, um, mainly because the greens are just not very good, but Lincoln, for those who haven't played there, like it's always kind of foggy. You're playing over by the Legion of honor. You've got a really good view of the bridge. It's just kind of its own thing. So, I mean, just to have all of these options is really special. And then one thing I have not played there, but Golden Gate Park Golf Course, a par three course. Right it's in the a shame that you have not played Golden Gate Park yet. I, I know, and we'll rectify that soon. But I think that's what I appreciate about the city. First of all, the plethora of golf options. And then the fact of like, whether you want a serious round where you're going to really challenge yourself or just like, yo, Chris, let's just go get a bunch of tall boys and go, you know, it's kind of a very non-serious skins game at Golden Gate Park. It's amazing that a city this small can have that many golf options. Wouldn't you agree? For I mean, for sure. And, you know, like, you know, that's one of my favorite things. And you get a different, you know, atmosphere and a different test of golf at every single one of those courses. Uh, you know, you go to Golden Gate Park and it, it's a par three track in the middle of Golden Gate Park. If you've ever been to, you know, San Francisco, their version, I guess, of, you know, Central Park in New York is Golden Gate. And Golden Gate is known for, you know, its vast, you know, areas of lawn for people to, you know, have picnics and, you know, play games and hang out. And then there's the flower garden. And there's a lot of things to do in Golden Gate Park. And then hidden inside of the park that most people don't even know exists. You talk to a lot of San Franciscans or a lot of people that you know, transplanted into the city, they have no clue that there's a par three golf course smack dab in the middle of it, you know, right next to the windmill. And it, it's just one of my favorite places. I could spend an entire day just at Golden Gate Park. You, could, I could walk around with four clubs, play that entire track all day, you know, buying tall boys from the the little, I don't know if they've renovated it yet. They, unfortunately, their clubhouse burned down um yeah so the clubhouse at golden gate bark or park burned down and they had a uh, little trailer you know out there that they they turned into their clubhouse for for a time and i think they're still in the trailer i don't know if they've built, rebuilt the clubhouse yet but um they also have the first tee is located out at golden gate so for anybody that has kids it's a if you have not entered your kids into the first T program, uh, as a, you know, as a coach myself, it's one of the coolest, coolest, uh, you know, organizations to get kids involved in golf as well. So, you know, Golden Gate Park just has the family vibes you're looking for when you're in the city. And I would say if you have family or trying to get your kids into golf and you're in the city, Golden Gate Park is the way to be. Or if you're just trying to spend an afternoon on a sunny, you know, sunny Sunday and and drop thirty dollars, forty bucks to play all day, basically, it's it's a no-brainer, brainer there. Absolutely, we we got to definitely get you out there and, and play because it's it's one of my favorite courses, I would say, in the Bay Area. And even though it's a par three, it's it's prime. I mean, the greens are always in pretty good shape. 
um, the whole the whole course is just is just fun. I, I really enjoy it. And the, the little uh, ninth hole is is a little long tester to kind of get you back to the clubhouse, which is really fun. I think it's like just over two ten. Um, it's it's like it's one of the coolest little tests of golf. You you range from holes going from ninety yards all the way to like two ten two fifteen, which is you know, just, just a fun, fun afternoon. And then, you know, we get into after Golden Gate Park, you know, like you said, uh, a lot of the guys in RGC are huge, huge fans uh, of Lincoln Park. Me and you, I, we both, we both have our specific takes on that. Um, I'll, I'll let you start. What What are your thoughts and vibes on on Lincoln Park? I think to start off with the good, and there's a lot of good. I think that Lincoln Park is it, it's the most like every man golf course uh, of all of them. I would say even more than Glen Eagles. Um, and again, I'm not trying to say like a nine hole course isn't as real, but especially for being like a true 18 hole track, it's certainly the most every man, right? Like, I mean, in Harding, I know partly, partly this is due to COVID, but like you have to have a tee time to use the practice range, right? The, Harding's kind of got that little bit of a proper vibe as does Presidio. But I think what I like about Lincoln is when we go there, what, what I often see is like, you know, there's people, we've talked about this on the pod before, but I see people wearing like jeans and people, people who like, I mean this in a polite way, like people who don't look like golfers playing golf. And I like that, right? Because, you know, you don't have to wear a Tiger Woods mock polo, or you don't have to like, you know, have a perfect set of clubs that are tricked out like a, like you (laughs) to play golf. And I think that there's a lot of like, you know, guys wearing jean shorts, but guys, don't wear jean shorts. That's a, just a, a PSA, but you know, guys wearing like jean shorts and they've got, they have those pole carts there that look like it only makes it harder. You know, it does not look helpful, it's, especially because Lincoln is every a, man's course in San Francisco. Absolutely. And I think that's what I really, really enjoy. Uh, and also too, I feel like every time I've played there, it tends to be kind of where I'm one of the first groups off. And there's something like very appealing about playing. You're playing in the fog. It's chilly. You're right there. I mean, I think the, what I struggle with is many people in our group I've seen, they talk about how Lincoln really has a uh, has character. And what I interpret that character to be is like, why well, I agree there's character, but we also can't. And there's not- characters that run the course. And I, and I think that might be also what, sure. what is crossed. Yeah. I think my, my tough part is I'm here for all of it. There's a lot of quirky, weird holes. I'm fine with that. But I think to quote Tiger Woods for the day, conditions are tough. Like the last time I played there, we were on like the 10th or 11th hole. And somebody said, man, these greens are slimy. That was me. Yeah. Okay. And like, I think we can both agree. We're not agronomists. You don't want the, you don't want that. Right. So I think that's the hard part. Like if the greens were like, actually I'll ask you because I never played there. Are the greens better at Golden Gate Park? Golf course, the par three. I would about? take I would take the greens at Golden Gate Park over Lincoln every time. And, and that's the crux of it. That's what I struggle with. Again, I think that it's fun to play there because there are certain holes where it's like you know they're taking the driver out of your hand in a fun way. Like hit a six iron. You have to hit a hook around the corner. It's a lot of quirky stuff, but I just wish the conditions were a bit better. That's all. 
and the other thing with that in mind that i'll add on if it was 18 bucks i'd be way more cool with it the tough part is i have the san francisco resident card and lincoln is pretty close to what harding is and like i know harding is sort of the opposite where like it has no character that's sort of the take but like harding park and lincoln park like being about the same in cost like that doesn't jive or like i just wish if harding if lincoln either had better greens or for what they're charging i just think the greens should be in better shape does that make sense yeah absolutely and i mean so there's the city championship that they hold in san francisco every year it's actually one of the longest running championships in the united states uh you know for any sport uh any level of sport and so it's played between lincoln and harding and so everybody always says if you can make it through the conditions of lincoln harding is a cakewalk which if you've ever played both of the courses harding for sure is a longer harder test of golf and there's a reason why they played a pga championship at harding park in lincoln the reason people say that is because the conditions are in in such rough shape that it makes it more challenging because you're hitting off of such insane lies at all times throughout the course and it, it's sad because the amount of money that the city and they're both city-owned golf courses um the you know tpc harding park is also paired with uh you know the pga it is a tpc course so they do get help in that aspect as well but if they could just put in the amount of time and effort and money that they have put into Harding into Lincoln, it can be a world-class golf course among all courses that people, people talk about on all the ratings lists. If they could get, you know, you're one of the top guys in there, you know, we've talked multiple times after we play a lot of the Southern Californian uh, Gil Hance tracks is, what he did at Seoul Park, if he could bring what he did there to Lincoln, we talked about this throughout the entire round of our Seoul Park round, is if he could bring those vibes to Lincoln and do what he did there, it would be a world-class golf course. It'd be incredible. The views that you get throughout the golf course at, at Lincoln are unmatched. You know, like you just said, you get the San Francisco cityscape, you've got the Pacific Ocean, the Golden Gate Bridge, the Legion of Honor Museum. It, it's just, you get to view all of that, you know, right on tee boxes and greens. And it's just running right through all of the beautiful trees in the cityscape of San Francisco. It's absolutely a beautiful landscape. It's just sad to see that it is so unkept. It, it's just, yeah, I, I, it hurts me inside when I go and play that. And we've got, you know, our boys like Juan, who is a, he is a resident. It, you know, other than his home in San Francisco, he lives at Lincoln. And that is his track. He will die at that track and he will defend that track. But, uh, you know, I will fight him to the death on conditions. And if you're, like you said, if you live in the city and you've got the city card, it's hard to, to not pay the, I don't know the difference, but I, I can't imagine it's more than 15 or $20 difference between Harding and, 
in Lincoln. What, what's the difference in costs? I, I don't know, but I think it's about that. Yeah. I think I, I, this is not good for the podcast, but I think last time I looked, I thought Lincoln was 38. And then I think like Harding was 51 and like $13 for like the condition, like you can say a lot about Harding, like the greens aren't always perfect, but it is a public golf course that has a lot of conditions or has a lot of people on it. Greens are in very good shape and like the rest of the course is immaculate. So, I mean, and, and the thing is I've never, I've only played, I think I've played Lincoln five times. Every single time you leave, like you just leave wanting more. Cause I mean, I know where Juan's coming from. Cause also too, the thing that should be said is it's a quirky short course. There are some really hard holes. Like on the back nine, that part, there's like a par five where there's like a shoot. It's like super long. There's like a shoot, like it feels like it's like five feet to hit it in. And if you lose it right, you're in the trees. Use it left. There's a lot of really hard holes, but then you get on the green and it's like, should we just play auto two putt? Cause again, the greens are, I've never played a course where I called the green slimy. That's just, you know, and then right, right near there. Cause you might be like, Oh, it might be the location right near there is the Presidio, which has, in my opinion, the best greens of all of them. Like the Presidio's greens are far better than Harding. Presidio's one of the best condition condition courses I've ever played. And it's what half a mile, a mile. And, and let's, let's talk there. So, so, you know, we, we talked a little, we talked about Lincoln there and, and again, we both we both really enjoy the landscape and the layout of the track. The conditions are what really gets us with Lincoln. But going into Presidio, I would say Presidio is the the residence course in San Francisco. A lot of people thinking of San Francisco public golf are instantly going to think of TPC Harding Park. I would say if you're a resident of San Francisco and you ask somebody what the best golf course in San Francisco is hands down. I would say, you know, eight out of 10 people are going to tell you it's, it's Presidio. And, and, you know, you living in the city and playing Presidio, you know, fairly often, what would you say get puts Presidio over the edge over any other public course that we had, you know, we have in the city. I think conditions are fantastic. The entire thing, like there's sand in the bunkers. I know listening back to the last week's pod, you and you and Star Wars getting a little bit angry on that trip last time, but no, legitimately like the bunkers are in great shape. Uh, the fairways are good. The greens are good. Like, conditions first and foremost are great. Um, the routing is fantastic, like very engaging, uh, especially the back nine. I would say that some of my favorite memories in San Francisco, like one of my favorite things was I've never played it in the morning. Actually, I feel like I always play in the afternoon, but I've played there enough that that's kind of how I want to do it. Cause when you're on, when you go over the the road, that's 10, 11 down the hill on 12, um, the very long, very challenging par four, then you play a par three. And then like, that's kind of where you like, I feel like whenever I started to play, the sun starts to set. And you're just because you're literally for for those folks who aren't from San Francisco, the Presidio is basically like it's it's you're effectively in picture like those old San Francisco forests like that's where you are. So you're literally on this like you're there's nobody out there. there. I mean, there's no houses, there's nothing out there. And then you stand on the tee box on 15 and you're overlooking the Sutro Tower, you're overlooking the city. It's perfectly quiet. Usually the fog is kind of rolling in. 
and you're just like, this is incredible. Like you're just getting, it's a true, it's everything we love about San Francisco where you're getting the lush green grass, you're getting the trees, you're getting views of the city. If you kind of listen carefully, you can, I feel like you can hear birds and you can also hear like the long distance of like, uh, you know, a bus like two miles away. It's very much like city golf in the forest. I think that's really special. And then the other thing too, that I enjoy about playing in the evenings, it's a bit hard for the score, you know, but normally you're starting your around at one o'clock and, you know, if you're picking the right day, you know, it's 65 degrees, it's sunny. You're wearing maybe like a long sleeve shirt and like a vest and you get on that back nine and the fog starts rolling in on like number 17. And I mean, the fog is like rolling in and like you're watching your ball go nowhere. And normally on 18, you're chasing daylight and it gets spooky. I mean, it gets like, you're watching the fog like haul ass across this par five. Yeah, Carl's a dick. Yeah, (laughs) it really affects your golf ball. You can just feel the difference. But I think that when you combine all those things together, there's not one thing, but really good routing, really great conditions. Um, It just makes for a really, really, really nice time. The one thing I will say, especially now, because I get this isn't a knock on them. It just is a matter of fact. I got an email from them to yesterday. Uh, their rates have always been a bit high and are getting higher. So one of my personal gripes though, is that one thing that was always okay for me is they always, even on weekends, they had a walking rate regardless of time. So I think that I remember when I lived here last time, it'd be 65 bucks to walk in the weekend if you're a resident. And that's not unreasonable, right? I mean, that's like, okay, for like a course this good in San Francisco, for sure. One thing that's tough now is they're saying on weekends, whether you have a cart or not, you're charged a cart fee. So now 65 has become 95. And look, it's a great golf course, but I'm not going to lie. 95 starts to get to the point where I'm like, should I go see big Chris and put that hybrid in the bag and just take this week off? Like $95 is, you know, what we talked about like with our last trip was like Sandpiper, the absolute most expensive course we played. Right. I mean, for 95 bucks, you got to be talking about a really special experience and it is, but the point is, would I feel comfortable playing like that every single weekend? Like I'm not trying to drop $400 a month on four golf rounds. Right. I mean, I played this last weekend at Chardonnay and had an absolute blast and it was $60. I had to carry my bag. I know, especially for the municipal's idea, we're trying to have affordable golf and 95 bucks is pushing the limit uh, for a weekend round. I think you'd agree with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I would say both of us would say our, our target, you know, rate that we try, we would like to see is 40 to $60 walking. You know, if, if you are a rider, you know, we're never going to hate on that. Um, you know, I, I am one to sit, to use a cart from time to time. And, um, I would say, you know, max, we want to see with a cart between 70 and 80, you know, and I would say that's very, very reasonable. You know, when, when you're, when you're at the $95 to a hundred dollar rate with the cart, it, it just, and you, and you're an avid golfer, like we are. Yeah, I would say we get out every single weekend, if not multiple times in a week, if we can. And when, when you're paying $100 around, you know, for an average guy like us, it, it gets expensive. $200 a week on, you know, on golf outings is is a little, a little steep. So, you know, we're always hunting for the deals. And unfortunately, you know, Presidio at the rate that it was for the residents, it was it was why a lot of, you know, residents claimed it as their home course because it was affordable 
able to go to in it you know if you've never been to the city or you don't know much about the city the presidio is a ex-military base that was built within san francisco that has some of the most beautiful military buildings built throughout the Presidio that are now museums and restaurants and homes and some of the most expensive homes in all of San Francisco are in the Presidio, you know, pushing, I I don't even want to give a number, but there are millions and millions of dollars uh, in these homes. But it's, it's just the most beautiful landscape. And it was such a gem for all residents and when they just changed that last week it just broke so many of our you know our our fans and you know friends hearts uh with well with but i think the big thing well, two big call outs one like again for for what for riders i would say like you can deal with it right because yeah. you just said 90 you know, bucks isn't that bad 95 that's, not, that's yeah. not too bad of a stretch so but i mean i think the tough part is is like for me, public golf is synonymous with walking. Again, yeah. like you've been going through a torn hamstring. Like I've actually, since I've been playing with you, I think I've seen you walk maybe once, but there's a reason why you're carding. But the point is, I think like, maybe this is me being like an old man, but like when I think public golf, I think put your bag or your push cart and get out there, right? So it's like, I guess maybe it's a pace of play thing, but I just don't understand like making me pay for a cart when I actively don't want one. I find that frustrating. But the other thing too, which to point out, and this is going to be more directed to you, you got to remember that 95 is for a resident. If you come play with me, man, you're talking 120. And that's even different, right? Like you're probably like 95 is like, eh. Like if you come, if I'm book us a tea time, are you going to be excited about paying 120? Yeah. I mean, you know, me being outside of the city, it, I don't go into the city to play as often as I would like because Uh, you know, only being 50, you know, 40 miles outside of San Francisco, you know, 30 to 40 miles tops. um, It, it really doesn't draw me in to come play because they, you would think that they give you an all Bay area rate, which Harding does. They do give you a discounted Bay area resident rate. It's not anywhere near what the city rate is uh, Mm -hmm. for most people that live in the city but it is better than their steep $190, $200 rate. Yeah. But I mean, I'm still looking at 140 to play yeah. Harding Park, which for 140, um, I would rather go play Wente or, you know, I could drive up and play Silverado for that price, which holds the Safeway open with the PGA Tour every year. Hey, Chris, and- there's this really great golf course called Rams Hill in Boriego Springs and you can go pay $130 to hit off fungus just for a friend. I'm just letting you know. By the way, anybody that is listening to this podcast, go on to the Southern Golf or Southern California Golf Association Instagram and please, please make sure they do not win that bracket that they are a number one seed. They're a number one seed and it makes no absolute sense because I can I've played, uh, me and you together have played 60% of those courses on their list. And all six, all of those courses on the list besides Rams Hill beats Rams Hill. I would even claim Soul Park beats Rams Hill. So if you gave me play 10 rounds, pick a number, I'd say Rams Hill one, Soul Park nine. Yeah. 
Price and agnostic. So, price agnostic. So please, we we don't want to get back into Rams Hill. That was no. a, that was I just a I, I just had to throw but, a jab because again we're talking like one again 120, 130, 140. We're talking super elite. Yeah, and you know you know for some golfers out there, and and it's not probably our demographic. Uh, there, you know, that might still be a reasonable rate at, at the hundred to hundred and forty dollar range, because yeah. yes, there are public courses out there or resort style courses like Pebble Beach. You're gonna pay upwards of three to four hundred dollars to play. You go down to Torrey, you're gonna, you know, and you're outside, you know, not a San Diego resident. You're gonna pay a couple hundred bucks to play it. The, you know, you go to Streamsong, Passes yeah. three twenty five. So. You know, the courses around the United States, they're, you know, Sand Valley, all these courses, you're going to pay premiums to Aaron Hills. You're going to play premiums to go play these courses. But what our podcast is about is to find the true gems, wonderfully kept um, golf courses with great customer service and unique people that run these golf courses and to showcase and focus on those type of experiences and it can be a resort course like we experienced at Terra Lago where you know it you know it's not a public fully public track it you know it it is for the people that are visiting but you can get a crazy good rate you can have a great Mm -hmm. golf experience and they're they're out there you can you can go to those types of places but we you know what what we're talking about here with Presidio being you know, the local, you know, watering hole for a lot of, a lot of these, you know, golfers in the city, it's just a travesty to see them kind of dig further and further into, you know, the pockets of the, of the locals. And I'll, I'll get charged, you know, the full rate for being an outsider. I totally understand, but I've always thought the, the mantra of, you know, take care of the locals, and they will take care of the course, which means that they're going to go out and play. They're going to support in the bad times and and always make sure, you know, they take care of their, their local track. And I I think this is kind of a, kind of a slap in the face to a lot of the, a lot of the locals that have played Presidio for so long. Yeah. And and I, and I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I don't feel as strongly. I'm just saying like, because it's it's very self-serving but it's like yo it was 65 to walk if you want to make it 70 even 75 but like i don't want a cart i like to walk don't don't make me like i don't understand why i'm paying for a cart if i don't have to have like and it's a it's a tight piece of property so it's not like walkers yeah it's a little hilly but it's it's well, very walkable. The holes are right next to each other. It's not like you're you're walking an immense amount of time like at Rustic Canyon hold a hole sometimes. Um, and so it, I, I don't know why you deter, deter people from having a beautiful day of walking through the park. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what they're doing with, with that. It's, it's not only raising the price, but I mean, if you're including the cart price, you're going to get a lot more people that are going to take carts. Yeah. And as we know, a lot of new golfers don't know great golf course etiquette as well. So mm-hmm. in my mind, that's going to tear up the Presidio a little bit more as well, because there's going to be a lot of people driving where they're not supposed to. They're going to be driving closer to the greens. They're going to, you know, be, 
really tearing up the fairways, not knowing how, what a 90, you know, entering the fairway in 90 degree angle and stuff like that is. And mm-hmm. it, it, there's a lot of etiquette when it comes to also riding in a golf cart, which sounds ridiculous, but it, you don't want to just drive your golf cart all over the, the fairways, especially in a course in San Francisco, because it's in weather conditions all the time. Yeah. So a heavy golf cart like that, you know, puts a lot of strain on those fairways. So, yeah. but no, but we're, we're, we're banging the drum too hard. It's, it's a great golf course. Everyone yeah. should play it. Yeah. And I, and I Absolutely. think, that, I think that, to, I think to your point, Chris, to kind of put a bow on this, I view this as my local track. And the only thing that I find a bit of a bummer, but again, also the sense I get is they have a very full tee sheet. So like, we're kind of yelling into the wind here. Yeah. I guess the tough part for me is I would love, (laughs) I would love to be able to play the Presidio. I would love to just be able to book a tee time and play there a bunch. And at that cost, it's more of a place I play once a month. And that to me, like for my true local track, I would think like, cool, I'm there once or twice a week. You know, I can just jump out there. Or like, for example, I saw, I was, I was looking because I'm sort of thinking this way, like their twilight starts at three o'clock and I guess you can finish. It's 55, which like, I guess it's okay. Like the super twilight starts at five and the super twilight's 35 bucks, like 35 bucks to tee off at five o'clock feels again, just like kind of expensive. Again, we're, we're, we're speaking to a specific kind of person, but again, it's just more of like, for those of us who love the Presidio, I would love if I could book it and think about price a little bit less, especially when there are tracks where it's like, you know, some tracks we love. Again, I know we keep banging the drum on Soul Park, but it's like 34 bucks. You don't really have to think about that. Just go and play, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, you know, getting into that, I think, I think we transition over to, to Harding Park, which is, you know, it, probably the most well-known golf course in San Francisco, uh, outs in the public, you know, spectrum of golf. Uh, there's of course, some um, of the most famous, you know, private, private courses here in the city, but I would say, you know, in the, in the public sphere, Harding Park is the most well-known. Um, the, the one thing I would say about Harding Park is, especially since the, since they uh, hosted the PGA championship, I, I really think the conditions out there has been absolutely incredible. Um, like we said, the greens of course have been littered with ball marks, but I it's, it's a lot more of new golfers wanting to experience a course that the professionals played. So I think you're just getting a lot of people out there that not might not necessarily follow the, the etiquette that we, you know, hold so dearly to ourselves. Um, I would love to see more golfers out there repair two ball marks every time they enter a green, even if they're not theirs. But that's just the etiquette I was taught as a kid and the etiquette you were taught as a kid. Um, but, you know, getting into it, Harding Park, it it's a fairly straightforward golf course. I, I wouldn't say there's anything that's going to trick you within this course it's you know i mean everybody remembers kind of what bryson's take was when when he talked about the course going into the pga championship where he he thought he could just rip drivers straight down the middle and and then just defeat the golf course by just hitting it long um you know where we we all saw that you know a little bit of finesse definitely helped and and colin you know brought that home but 
it there there isn't much that you you can get into you know you you kind of go into that you just played it you know this last monday uh what were your thoughts on on your round out there yeah i i think it's a great place i think that um yeah, I mean, I will say that I don't think it's the most interesting golf course I've played, but that's okay. I mean, I was thinking about it knowing we're talking about this today, and I think that the front nine is, it's fine. It's its not the most compelling front nine. The back nine is spectacular. Uh, I really think so. I think the routing just sets up where True. basically for our listeners, the, the front nine is sort of on the interior of the golf course and then the back nine sort of routes all around the outside. So you get just a bunch of cool experiences. Like my favorite hole, I know this is kind of ridiculous. My favorite hole is 11. It's a pretty straightforward par three. But one thing I love is that like it's right on the street. So basically, like when I was playing on Monday, you know, there's like a bus park. You can hear people talking. It's just really cool. Like in the same way I was saying the Presidio, it's awesome to kind of be up in the trees and kind of away from everything. One thing that I really love about Harding Park in certain parts of the golf course is you're very aware that you're playing city golf, but in a really fun way. It's like, yeah, this is a local track. Like, yes, this is hallowed ground where Tiger Woods walked and Colin Morikawa made Eagle on 16. But it's also a place where a whole bunch of people just play public golf. And I think that's what I really appreciate about it. But the back nine, you know, you get a lot of, uh, you can see Olympic Club. You got the, you got the, you have the water right there, Lake Merced. It's a really fun track. But again, I don't, the reason I don't think it's super interesting uh, in some ways is, is two reasons. One, go listen to Andy Johnson of the Fried Egg talk about it. He talks a lot about how when the TPC design services came in, they made the greens like pretty boring and pretty flat. And I wish that wasn't true, but it's true. I mean, the greens aren't bad, but they're just not very interesting. Like you're going to have a lot of putts that break a cup, maybe not at all. Like I know that we were playing with uh, our fellow RGC uh, member, Anthony, I was. And um, one thing Anthony and I talked a lot about, I hadn't played there in a while was, yeah, man, you know what? Like you kind of just want to aim it at the hole and hit it hard. And like, you know, that's a lot of things. Like that's not exactly the, a tough test of putting. It was more just like hitting it hard at the hole. Um, but I think it's fun. And I think the other issue is we talked about this last week and it's really stuck with me. What we love in golf courses is options, right? Sure. There's the gill hands, like you can hit all the stuff off the tee, but if we are around the greens, I like the option where it's like, you can play a 60 degree open. You can bump a 56. You can hit a seven iron and keep it super low. You can putt it. You can hit a hybrid. You can do all these options. The thing that I found a bit frustrating being back out there is when you miss the green, you pull out a 60 degree, you open up the club face a little bit and you just try to fly into a hole hoop, right? It's like, that's your only option. You cannot putt it. You cannot pitch it. Like you just need to hit a ball, you know, that thick rough, right? Hope you get a good lie in the rough, kind of plop it up. Hope it goes on the green. You got a pretty flat putt. So I would say that around the greens, it's not a very compelling golf course, which some listeners are going to be like, how can you even give it any endorsement? You guys, you know, bitch and moan about greens all the time. How can you get behind a golf course that has pretty flat green complexes and a lot of rough, but I will say, you know, the conditions are awesome. Uh, the, again, the routing is fun. And my take is Harding Park is a classic example of it all depends on what you pay. If someone's going to yeah. come out of town and pay the full freight, I don't know what that rate is. It's what a couple hundred, if not more dollars. A hundred bucks. 
dude, don't do it. Go, go use that money at Pasa, you know, like go play Pasa Tiempo or, or go play Presidio, like do yeah, something else. Presidio like, don't... for that, you know, for less than that would be way better, uh, you know, and more entertaining golf. Yeah. And also just no offense to anybody out there, but you're not going to drive the green and make Eagle on 16. If you do send receipts and I'll buy you a beer, but like it, it, it's fun. But also last time when I was playing for a score, <laughs> I was like, how about I just hit a hybrid and a wedge, right? I'm not calling Morikawa. So it's, I think it's, it's fun. And for me again, last Monday, $51, like all day, like not even close. Right. So it, it's very much of like, you know, if you're going to pay a reasonable rate, go play it. It's a really fun test of golf. And again, I know that we're, many people are viewing this through the lens of it's a PGA you know, venue. It's also a public golf course. So it's like, be a little kinder to it. I mean, I'm sorry, the people are like, I'd rather play Lincoln a thousand times over than Harding. I don't understand. Like, I just don't understand and that. It, and if you're thinking it's on level with other TPC tracks you've played. It's not. It's not a TPC San Antonio. It's not a TPC Sawgrass. It's or TPC West. Like or TPC but, West. Like it's there. It's it's not any of those. It's hard to put those all in the same you know same category. It, you're not going to get the TPC experience that you're that you get at some of those other ones at Harding Park. It's just and and that's not to hate on the course or conditions. They I'll give the supers all the respect. It is in wonderful shape for the amount of play that they get. And to be honest, if you do go out and play it, play the Jack Fleming nine. It is also a very, very fun uh, test of golf out there as well. And they just finished a great driving range and practice facility. So it, it, it is, and we don't want to hate on the facility no. or anything like that. And that's not what we're saying. We're just no. saying if you are not a San Francisco city resident and you're coming into the city to play golf, we would oh, both recommend playing Presidio or go somewhere outside of the city. You, you could drive right over the Golden Gate Bridge and there is eight to 10 tracks that I can, I can list off that you can play for under $75 with a cart mm -hmm. and, and have a much better time than you're going to at Harding, which means you could play two rounds of golf for the price it's going to cost you at Harding, you know, just yeah. on the other side of the bridge. Go so, play a couple of pods back, go play Bodega. I mean, like, seriously, like, like, go, go do something like that again. No, but like, it really does come down to like how much you're paying. Cause no, it's great. And I think you and I both agree, Chris, like, look, here's the deal we love. I mean, I've never played there, but like, there are some golf courses that, you know, maybe we're, we're almost too respectful of, but like for us, like, yeah, you know, Augusta national, the but old rates, course. rates are huge for us. And yeah, yeah. there there's meccas and there's places yeah. that, I will pay the $300 rate to go play Pasa Tiempo. And it is worth every freaking dime yeah. ever. But I'm not going to play that place more than maybe once every three to five years. Yeah, no, totally. And what I was going to say is like those, you know, like Augusta, St. Andrews, there's certain places that like we want those to be sort of like cathedrals of golf, right? TPC Harding Park doesn't need to be that. What we need of is we need more accessible golf. We need golf that, you know, yeah, the greens might be not perfect because it's getting a bunch of public play. And that's the point of this podcast, right? We're not the C-suite. The idea is like, yeah, 
it's a little rough around the edges because the person before you, it may have been their first time. You know what? And I, I'm okay to fix their ball mark. I hope next time they fix it and you just go by your rear and, and keep going, right? That's okay. Like, I think people just get so angry because they see the TPC designation and all this stuff. And it's like, yo, just like, it's a municipal golf course. Like, that's crazy. Cause I mean, we saw it was, a, there, it was but... a parking lot at one time. That, right. That's the other thing you got to think about when they, when they held a, you know, professional event at, I, I, was the Olympic they, this might, at the Olympic club, they use Harding park as a parking lot. I think it was the U S open, right? Yeah. Yeah. At, at the Olympic club, which yeah. I think the Olympic club is also holding another, um, you know, mm-hmm. big championship, uh, in, you know, professional golf coming up here soon, but mm-hmm. hopefully they're not going to try to use Harding as a parking lot again, but I don't, I, don't think so at this point. I don't think so at this point, not after the money they've spent on that track, but yeah, Harding, you know, and, and we'll die by it. Harding is in great shape. It's a great, you know, great course all on its own. And you do get spectacular views on the back nine, like you were talking about coming in that home stretch, coming down, you know, uh, 15, 16, 17, coming back to the clubhouse on 18 with the water on your left hand side. It, it is a very picturesque, you know, few holes that they have there. But I would say 11 of the holes I I could, I could slap into any golf course and put anywhere and it would, it would be what it is. They're, they're not spectacular, amazing, or, you know, entertaining at all. And like you said, it it is what it is that it is Harding park. It is something that they, that they rebuilt and designed for the professionals that the public could play. So that that's the easiest way to explain it is yeah. the the course was built for professionals and it was built for a specific type of golf. And if yeah. that's your type of golf and you, you love the, the hit it long and hit a wedge in type of play by all means, Harding Park's going to be your, going to be your, uh, yeah. I, I was going to say the other thing for me is I, I think part of the reason I enjoy it is, I mean, like when I've played it the first time, my driver was like super on and I played great. Cause like I was just bashing driver up by the green and hitting wedges on honestly, having played there, I was like, how did Bryson not win? Like, like, like if he wanted winged, if he wanted winged foot, how the hell is like, I'm not trying to compare Harding park to Wingfoot, foot, but it's similar in style. So Chris, the one thing I'm curious about, I've not told you and I'm not prepared you for this, but I'd be curious to get your thoughts. When I played there last week, I noticed that, they have kept the mowing lines or Anthony pointed this out. They've kept the mowing lines from the U S from the PGA. So I assume, cause I played there last time. I want to say a month after the tournament. And I was like, they've got to let this, like they've got to like mow back through. It's a municipal golf course, right? If they want to have it here again, they can always grow the rough back out, but I've noticed they've kept it. So the fairways are, are pretty tight. What's your take on that? Cause I've heard Andy Johnson talk in the past. He's like, when they modify a public course, they should take the golf course back to how it was. They can always adjust. But he's like, think about how many tens of thousands of rounds are going to take place in between. And what are you going to do? Make the justification for like, oh, like you're playing it the way they played. It's like, no, you're not. Like, you're just not. So what do you think about that? Um, so, yeah, they did keep the fairways a little bit tighter, uh, you know, and kept it very similar to what the PGA uh, was, but 
they definitely have kept the rough shorter and more playable. Um, and I think that's what offsets, you know, the playability for most of the public is you're not going to have, you know, four to five inches of rough almost um, that, that those guys were playing out of. It, it's more down to the two inches that you're, you're accustomed to, you know, one to two inches of rough. But yes, the fairways are much tighter. I don't know. I don't know really what my take would be there. It, it's it's kind of like give or take. You know, I I definitely appreciate playing a course set up for the pros and kind of experiencing that. Does it need to stay that way a year after the championship happened? No especially if it's a public track that people call home. I think I'd want it to go back to what it was, but they're, they're probably also trying to hang on to the, to the whole, we held the PGA championship and, you know, make as much Skrilla as they can off of, off of that, you know, that run. So, you know, more power to them. You know, it is, like we said, it's a public golf course. So if they can make this extra money, right now especially they you know they were closed for a short time and you know they they really weren't accessible to people outside of the city because of covid and so i think they're keeping it that way so now people can start to travel into the city and now things are reopening up so i i think they're going to keep it that way for a little bit longer just so that they can get uh, you know, those people in that wanted to experience PGA championship, you know, aspect of it. And that might be why, why they kept it that way. But yeah, I mean, I, I know you guys and a lot of people that we know in the city would, would love to see it go back to being a little bit more, more playable for the, for the standard public. But well, I was more just thinking pace of play. Cause like I wasn't blowing it everywhere, but like, man, me and Anthony, we had these was two slow. <laughs> No, I, I more mean like I couldn't – I was hitting my ball not very far in the rough and was really struggling to find it. But we also played with these two former FBI agents, and one of these guys, like Swartz, I'm, Anthony could attest to this, he found my golf ball in the rough like six times, like where I was ready to drop a ball and just like, okay, I guess I just got to go. He's like, it's right here. Damn. And we're like, is this guy like a sniper or something? Like it was, it was unbelievable. But I'm more just thinking where it's like, because that rough, while not super thick, it's thick enough where I was continually just like walking by my golf ball. So there's a part of me, it's like, yo, like if you, like, I'm all about this being a municipal golf course, but like maybe take the fairways back to where they're not like, you know, little ribbons, maybe like, you know, I don't know, just like make sure that people are playing. But in fairness, we, we, we played a four and a half hour round. It goes nothing crazy, but yeah. but yeah. But the next, I guess we got after Harding. I mean, I guess our last and final course, there couldn't be a more different juxtaposition between Harding and Glen Eagles, huh? Oh my God, no. Like, so completely opposite in, in, in the way that these two courses play are laid out and, and the atmospheres that you experience at both of these are absolutely completely different um so like you might have remembered and and like ashton wants to do a little bit of fact checking on me glenn eagle is kind of the the weekend warrior or weekday warrior kind of uh golf course in san francisco it's kind of the local watering hole for a lot of people it it's that 
you know, quick round you're trying to get in after work kind of golf course, or just the, you know, meet some buddies and, and throw a dollar a hole out for cash games or hundred to $10,000 a hole from some of the stories that I've heard. And, you know, I, I've spent my fair time out at Glen Eagles and, and had some really good fun and heard some insane, crazy stories. And I can't say if they're true or not, but, you know, from, from some of the people that have worked that work there and, you know, some of the people that work the pro shop, there's a lot of tech companies that are in, in Silicon Valley um, and in the city. And a lot of those guys are golfers. And so Glen Eagles has always been known as the, the betting golf course in the city from, from, uh, you know, pretty much everybody that you talk to in San Francisco, Glen Eagles is kind of the, the skins Mecca uh, of San Francisco. So from what I've heard, you know, some, some tech guys and some people, you know, pull up in their, you know, Porsches and Maseratis. And it, if you've ever been to Glen Eagles, this is not a course that you would ever think that those are the cars you're going to see in the parking lot. Uh, the clubhouse is this shack. You, you first off to, to kind of lay it out to anybody that's never been to Glen Eagles. When you drive up to the entrance of this golf course, there's a little wood sign right outside the golf course. It just says Glen Eagles golf course in just plain font, nothing special. It's just this wood sign right out there with this road that kind of goes up into this you, uh, forest like, you know, scenario. And you're just like, okay. So you pull in there little rinkadink um, uh, parking lot. That's just the tiniest thing you've ever seen as well in this shack on top of this hill that is their pro shop. And usually the pro shop attendant and whoever else is working is usually outside smoking, you know, drinking a couple beers, hanging out with the locals. And it's a very laid back vibe. There's no pressures coming into there. You you can show up in a t-shirt, you know, and jeans straight off of work and it's no issues. You're going to meet everybody from, you know, a plumber, to construction workers, to, you know, tech moguls that go out and play at Glen Eagles. So the, it's a really interesting and crazy take out there. Um, how many times have you played out there, Ash? Once, but it has, it has a really special place. It has a really special meaning to me because that was, that, that was the That's famous right. story. Well, not, it's not famous. No one's listening to this podcast, but uh, the time, you know, I, I DM'd Kanan and was like, Hey, I'm in the St. Louis park, right. you know, Chick-fil-A parking lot. Can I join? And I DM'd, uh, you know, the, the GM out there, but yeah, I mean, that was definitely a moment. But that shows how laid back it is. You, oh, for sure. Then what you then mode a stranger, AKA the GM of Glen Eagles yeah. and came 30 bucks. He's like, it's going to be a guy's name, but don't worry. It's legit. And I was like, okay, but no, but it, it was great. I mean, I think the thing that really sat to me more than anything was, I don't know that I believe their take, like, what does it say, Chris, on their website? They're the best, fastest Muni greens. Which, the- which I, I know for a fact that me and you both would say, no. They are not San Francisco's fastest Muni yeah, Greens. Literally the banner of their website says San Francisco's fastest Muni Greens. I can't say that's true, but one thing I will say for sure, 
I just should have said San Francisco's most diabolical greens. Cause when we were out yes. there, I like, there were so many times we were playing. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, not sure how it's breaking double breaks. Like, I don't know if they're the fastest, but they were very pure and very complicated. Very, I think we should say this conditions are a bit tough out there outside of the greens, but I'm fine with that, man, especially at the price, like give me good, complicated green complexes. No problem. Like it's a really cool place. Well, and, and that's the take that we had with Lincoln was, you know, if, if they just had some decent greens, it would be worth if the Lincoln money. If Lincoln had Green Eagles greens, we'd exactly. be like, it would be dope. We, we wouldn't have anything bad really to say about Lincoln other than maybe getting a little bit more grass into their fairways. But yeah. I, I would even take what they've got right now with some yeah. good greens. So, Or even with that, I mean, I haven't thought about this till right now, but like if you took those green complexes and put them at Harding, it up levels Harding. Like that's the crazy yeah. thing. Like many people would say Glen Eagles is sort of like the bottom of this list because it's like, a quirky weird nine hole track but i will give them credit like especially their greens complexes trickiness like if you put those greens on on either harding or lincoln it fundamentally upraises and honestly that's going to sound of a huge indictment of tpc design services which i guess it is but like yeah they're really fun greens to go play and it makes a total sense why there's a bunch of cash games because i heard that like kane in our group was, was saying that when we were playing and after and I was like, oh, okay. By the third hole, it's like, yeah. If I play, if I was playing out here with a guy who'd played here like a hundred times, He'd I would get all your money. Even if I was ball striking my ass off, I would get exposed because yeah. that six footer, he's gonna play four feet of break, and it's gonna fall in the side of the hole. Like you would never know that looking at that putt. Yeah, and you know, with with that, also Glen Eagles is known for the best nineteenth hole as well. So if you, you know, if you've never been to Glen Eagles, their bar is something to, to behold. It is, it is probably one of my favorite bars in the entire city of San Francisco. Outside of the golf course, even it is one of the best. Some of the people that you meet um, and some of the personalities that you experience, it's unmatched to any other place that you're going to go to. I would say it might be my favorite 19th, you know, hole or, or bar any golf course I've ever been to. I mean, it says on their website, the finest 19th hole in all of the golf kingdom. So, I mean, so maybe their marketing is better than we think. That that might be a true statement. I, I definitely would, would believe that take because uh, it, it is one of the pictures that they actually pop up on the website yeah. when you actually pull it up. That that shows yeah. you how much they respect their their ninth yeah. hole. But again, I, I moved there in the middle of the vid, so would love to. You know, once we're vaccinated and can do that, would love to go uh, and have an indoor drink with you in that lovely uh, establishment. Absolutely, yeah, it's it's one of my favorites by far, and and I would say. Glen Eagles is probably one of my favorites for the price in the city as well. If yeah. you, if you're going to test it. So to end the pod, what I want to do is I want us to rank our top, you know, favorite golf course in the city to our least favorite. And that doesn't mean that our least favorite is a horrible golf course. You shouldn't go, go experience it because to be a hundred percent honest, all of these golf courses, no matter our takes on them, are fun to play. They all have their specific experiences that you will get out of them. 
in the views and parkland style golf that you're going to get at every single one of these tracks are worth at least playing once. So Ash saying that favorite to least favorite, go. I'm going to get lit on fire, but it's Presidio, Harding, Glen Eagles, Lincoln. I mean, I think Lincoln's views are great, but like, as someone who grew up in a household, like I, I told this story, my dad told me when I was a kid, he's like, I'll hit off of sand as long as there's good greens until Lincoln does something about their greens. Again, even if it was $15, I don't really care if I'm going to go spend four, four and a half hours, five hours with you guys. I love spending time with you guys, but I want to put on something that's not, um, what did I say, moist? I forgot, that. Sl- a slimy, slimy. Slimy. So for right now, give me the kind of janky nine hole track with diabolical greens. And who knows, I'm a resident. Maybe I'll go out there and, you know, in my, uh, in my uh, 2005 Honda hatchback. So not a Tesla, maybe take some money off some people someday, you know? For sure. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I might be crucified with my list here too. I I would definitely put, are we both about to put Lincoln last? Lincoln is absolutely last. And, and I'm actually listing. So my, my list is going to be, Presidio, Harding Park, Glen Eagles. I'm going to actually take that back and I'm going to put uh, Golden Gate Park before Glen Eagles, which in my mind, to be honest, for me, Golden Gate Park and Glen Eagles are are side by side in that that race. That's why I didn't rank it. Exactly. And so those are almost a tie for third. And I'm just going to say it. The greens are what hold me up at Lincoln. Yeah. It, I absolutely love, love the views, and I love the walk through the park anytime I, I do get out and play Lincoln. And it's a hard test of golf, man. I mean, there's, back to, there's like there's some par threes, like what, number 16? I think. And that's what kills us. Both like of a us. Two, it's like a 230-yard par. Like there's back-to-back 200-yard par threes where you're so, going to get exposed. Right when you – so there's also – I can't remember what hole it is. It's a dogleg right. It, it's a really – almost a 90-degree dogleg right. And you can hit – a corner shot right over the trees and land the green at about a 270, 275 yard drive if you cut the corner right. And it is one of the funnest holes I've ever played. It is absolutely incredible. It is so good. It's, I think, the hole right after the Legion of Honor. Oh yeah, that's 10, 11, that's 12. Yeah, so it's it's a it's because if you hit it straight, you hit it in the bush and you are yeah, yeah. So if you in that's the thing, you either you hit like a hundred, it's like six iron wedge, it's like six iron wedge or it's driver, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's got a crazy green complex and kind of a Gil Hansish like mound thing in front. Yeah, really cool hole. It's a really cool hole, and that's the thing. It drives both of us up the fucking wall. That that course is such a beautiful landscape beautiful layout and cannot get the money or agronomist in there and i don't even want to say anything about superintendent and you know what what they're doing there but they need help i don't know if it's financially i don't know if it's you know other people but if they can get that golf course just 30 percent better 
it, it would absolutely be a gem. But. Yeah, and I know sometimes people like this is we we could have talked about Sharp Park, but that's in Pacifica, which is objectively not San Francisco. Even though I think the hard is part is a, it ran by the city of San Francisco. Yeah, it's very strange. But like my thing is like like it could use a little love conditioning wise, but I don't think they need to change the routing or really kind of change bunkers at hard at um Lincoln a bunch. I think it's more of truly the greens and like a little bit of stuff. The thing with Harding with uh, sharp is like, it, it just kind of like needs an entire facelift. You're like, oh, that's a McKenzie bunker. Like, it's like looking at uh, my Honda and saying, well, you know, it could be a Tesla. It's like, that's kind of looking at the bunkers where it's like, I mean, if you think that's a McKinsey bunker, like you're just you're just hoping because like it, it it's not. So I think that's where Lincoln yeah. is. To your point, I think with a much less amount of money, Lincoln becomes much better. Where I love Sharp, like Sharp just needs help across the board. Yeah, yeah, and Sharp is is for another podcast. We'll definitely have to dedicate, you know, a whole a whole pod kind of on on sharp park and the whole history behind behind that but it's it's just one of those courses where if the price was right it would be a hundred percent worth it but for the conditions and the price that they're getting and it's just in both of our minds it's it's one of the last courses that either one of us like to play when we're you know when we're going out to play golf in the city so and with that, we just decided to light ourselves on fire and have all of our friends when this goes out get really, really angry. But I hey. don't know. You guys are real golfers. You like to putt. And, you know, name one thing that you really like that's slimy. Actually, don't, don't answer that. But, <laughs> but yeah, never mind. We're not. That's what happens when it's late on a Monday night. All right, my guy. Well, as always, a pleasure. Enjoy chatting with you. I can't wait. Can't wait for next week. What What do we got this week? We've got uh, we've got Foxtail up in Roner Park. Unfortunately, it looks like I might be doing thirty six on my lonesome, or if I can wrangle in one of our RGC buddies to come up and be our fourth, it might just be me and him. But I think Ash and our producer Jack are going to come up and play the south course with me uh saturday sure. morning and then uh i'm gonna play the north course after that and get a full 36 in so that that's our plan this weekend we'll let you guys know i think it's the first time all of us have played there so yeah we'll, we'll give you guys a little insight on how our uh, experience was at foxtail and then week after that um we we got invited out to play chardonnay in napa which yeah. you just got to experience, which was in my mind, Chardonnay is one of my favorite courses. I'm excited so to get out there again and get a little refresher uh, on the golf course and, and get my mind right. And we'll have to do a great review on, on that as well. Cause every time I go out there, I get great customer service. Yep. Everybody, everybody across the board from the bar and grill to the pro shop, to the kids that wash your golf clubs when you when you get off the 18th tee and drop off the golf cart they're all spectacular in the rates yeah. that you pay out out in chardonnay are yeah bar none yeah, one of the su- best super best good. prices that you, you're going to get across the the bay and we've said this but we want to make sure we say this again and just like keep saying it 
Um, they did invite us out, but our promise to our listeners is we are always going to be honest. Like this is yep. not going to be yep. a fluff job. This is not going to be like, we both know, like we've both played Chardonnay and like it, but we're going to be honest about how our day was like our commitment is like, it's been so invigorating to have people texting both of us, um, saying like, Hey, like, you know, I wouldn't play dark horse because of you guys like shout out to you, Ian, or like my buddy home in Atlanta Chris was like, Hey, I picked up golf during COVID and like, I'm going to go play river pines. And like, very honestly, that's the reason we're doing this. Like we want to send like, we've had horrible experiences. Like it was double valid. I've always figured which one it is. Yeah. We've had some horrible experiences and like all we want is for you guys to not get hyped up to build your Saturday around a course where there's going to be a four hour nine hole round. So like our commitment to you always is we're always going to tell you how it is because we're trying to, you know, make sure that when you book that tea time at a course, we suggest again, it may be a bad day of pace to play. Don't know that kind of stuff, but we're always going to be honest. We're, we're always going to be forthright. We're always going to go into that too. And yeah, some courses are going to have off days where you're, you're going to have a slow pace of play and things like that, but we're going to talk about it and it's things that we're going to bring up and we're going to let you know, and we're going to let you know in our past experiences as well. So if maybe the time that we get invited out, the pace of play is really slow. We're going to let you know that, but then we're also going to let you know, both of us have played that course multiple times Mm -hmm. and have had zero bad experiences when it comes to pace of play and, and things like that. But like you said, anytime that we get invited out, um, because I do reach out to these courses before we go out and play. And I, you know, I, I do want to create, you know, kind of a rapport with some of these courses because I like to get a little bit of background and some information on these courses too, when we go out and, and to know the people, um, and, and get a little background on the people that run it is always awesome as well, which, you know, shout out, um, Sweetens Cove back, back near your hometown, reached out to them and he's very excited to have us out out there so uh we're gonna have to get that plane get get out there asap so i went uh, i went i went twice in 2020 and it's hallowed ground man and again yeah. also you want to play this game you know how much does to play sweden's cove all day sun up to sundown 100 bucks and i haven't been there asking contests on sweden's cove the conditions you experience for a hundred dollars all day play are probably some of the most unmatched and there's a reason why so many respected you know people within this within the you know golf media space you know go there and experience there, and why the no laying up guys own a home on this golf course and rent it out to other sickos like us it is as you you were one of those sickos that rented the course or the the house they have their own tea box in the front yard which just it it shows the kind of experience and vibe that you're going to get going out there and and so you know getting responses in in things like that like we are from some of these courses gets us really excited to continue to do this for our listeners uh continue to get out there experiencing these new you know courses in in areas that mean you have not experienced which you know i'm very that you know ranged in portland and oregon golf scene in in the bay area and northern california golf scene but i'm really excited to to go out and experience the scene that 
that you grew up around in yeah. in the South and the Robert Trent Jones Jr. or Robert Trent Jones Trail that oh, you've sure. experienced in Sweetens Cove and so, Robert Trent Jones hundred and three dollars all you can play any of the courses with a cart like we're gonna do it man but yeah but yeah but 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 again I just for the fiftieth time we're always gonna be honest with you guys always. Because- because I think, as we know, time is money and golf, you know, you're spending, choosing to spend four five, six hours away, you know, whether I don't care if you're single, whatever you're like, you're choosing to do, you're choosing to spend that time playing golf. And we want you to have the best possible time. And we're going to be traveling across, you know, throughout our experiences with this podcast, we're going to share all of them with you guys. We're going to start hopefully when things open up and we are able to get on an airplane and travel, we're going to start, you know, doing that and you really giving you guys reviews across the country and, and and get those included in here, which I'm really excited about. I know you're excited about. And for people that don't know, we self-fund this this podcast. So when we do reach out and we do get the assistance from these courses, that is for us to be able to go out and experience these. But that doesn't mean like Ashton said, we are going to water down our experience and give you guys this bland bullshit. It's always going to be a hundred from us. We're always going to give you guys the real takes that that's, that's been our promise from the beginning. So we can't wait. We're so excited to get this going and get more reviews and more experiences out there for you guys. So, all right, we've chatted enough. Thank you guys for tuning in. We're excited. We will see. We will talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Let's go. See ya.